one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And how's everybody doing out there? Big Dave and Joe doing great down here in South Florida. And we bring you another edition of Poker Action Line. Uh, several things to talk about tonight. A uh, big tournament in town is the WSOP Circuit. I was over last night at the Seminole Coconut Creek uh, Casino. Uh, saw a good friend of ours, uh, Michael Tate, who has been on the show several times. And uh, he cashed in two tournaments yesterday. He came back for day two of the uh, um one that had several opening days. That was event number two on the schedule. It was the uh, $400 uh, with a 300000 guarantee, no limit hold'em, uh, event number two of the World Series of Poker Circuit. Uh, and he cashed for about $700, I guess. He came back with a you know, kind of a mid-stack of a mid-pack, and he got knocked out fairly early in the day. So immediately went over and jumped into another tournament, which was the... Uh, uh, another 400,000. No, I have to take it back. It was the 250. And uh, that was a one-day event. The 250 started at 11 o'clock, but I guess he got in maybe about 1.30, 2 o'clock. And he was uh, down to the final three tables when I came in, cashed again uh, for $695. Both were right around $700. So he was pretty disappointed. He was really, uh, we had talked on a couple of the breaks and was interested in, in really dying to get a ring, you know, and, uh-huh. and, and win this thing. But uh, he ended up getting knocked out by Michael Newman, who a very good uh, local player that uh, won an event over at Seminole Hard Rock earlier in the month at the uh, Lucky Hearts. So uh, tough, tough break for him. And uh, uh, we talked a little bit about some of his hands. And uh, he had tough bad beats. Yeah, he had a real bad beat in the uh, event number two. But uh, there was one, there was the one hand that uh, I thought he made a good fold. Uh, uh, he was playing against Newman, and uh, Newman shoved on him when he picked up a two-pair on the river. And Michael had an ace. There was an ace on the board, but his other card was a two. So was, so he uh, didn't stick around for that one, which was a good move, as it turned out. And then later got knocked out uh, on a tough beat. So, um, you know, most of these good players, it seemed like when they come out, you know, they really got nothing to be embarrassed about. They lose a hand that you no. really had no way of... Uh, of avoiding it's it's yeah that you never hear very good players chasing a very bad hand unless they get caught up in one of those crazy hands where someone has you know the the nut flush and somebody actually flopped this straight flush or or quads over uh you know over a full house or something it's just you know you don't you don't see hands you don't see them chasing too often unless they're very short stack. Right, right, right. Well, one of the players I talked to, and we'll hear from him in just a minute, is Nick Eunice, who is a very good local player. Uh, said he moved away from Miami. He was bo- lived in Miami for a long time and left and ended up coming back here pretty recently. But uh, as I talk about with him on the interview, and you'll hear that, uh, he actually uh, won uh, one of the charity tournaments that was associated with the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. And that was the first time I became aware of him. And kind of funny thing, sorry, he told me was that 
He came back and played again the next year and finished second. In the charity? In the charity event. Wow. And then he came back the third year and finished third. <laughs> so uh, we talked a little bit I'm about that. I'm starting to see a pattern here, Dave. I'm but I just wanted to see a pattern. To, but they played a long time. Uh, there was uh, 24 cashers, and there were 25 players left. So they were on the bubble for a long time, uh, you know, uh, playing till the hand, uh, you know. Wait yeah, till someone bubbled out. Right, till all the hands. Uh, were completed and then play the next hand and, and it, it lasted. What they did there was that that was something that was new to me. Instead of having the clock count down, they just stopped the clock. It took two minutes off for each hand. Uh, yeah, that's Is that pretty normal. Uh, yes. Uh, well, I did not know that to be normal until I actually went with PPC because I really didn't have a ton of tournament experience. And the person who actually taught me that was Mike Smith oh, okay. from the aisle. Okay. So when the si- similar situation occurred. At, uh, you know, as as we were on the bubble, they would just stop the clock, wait till all the hands of all the people that were left were done, and then remove two minutes from the clock and go forward. So, well, that's what happened with them. Nick ended up losing a hand that uh, he had pocket tens, and the other fellow had pocket jacks, and there was king, jack, ten on the flop. And then there was a king on the turn. So you can't get away from that when you got a full house. There. Of course and, and not. The guy oh. had the slightly larger full house. So. It's amazing that you mentioned that hand. I can't believe you just mentioned that hand. Um, you remember George Lopez that used to work yeah. with me? Uh-huh. Okay, well, he used to work as a supervisor for me, and he always asked me. He worked on Sundays. He always asked me to have the last Sunday off because he loved to play in Poker Stars. I believe it was Poker Stars. The Sunday Million? Uh, yeah, there was, it, was tw- it was a no. Well, it was a $20 fee to get in. Oh, okay. But they'd get something like, well, this particular Sunday, there was 18,000 players in that tournament. And I was off that Sunday, David, and just real quick, when I look at the, I got, he had sent me a text that he had made the money. When I look at the text, the text was like five hours early from the time that I'm reading it. So I go, wow. So I log on. I had fallen asleep. I don't know why, but log on. I said, let me see where they're at. They just go to the final table. And sure enough, George Lopez is on that final table. And as the, and they were going to a break, and as they came back from the break, I didn't call him, but I was just watching. And he was he was in the big blind, and it's him, him the little blind and him kept going at it. And it was him with the pocket tens and the guy with pocket jacks. And sure enough, they got it all in pre-flop. You know, he's completely dominated. And on the turn, the, the ten hit. And it propelled him to a point where when they were three-handed, the second and third place combined were 50% of what he had wow. on chips. Mm. And first place was about $22,000 for a $20 entry fee. Crazy. Unfortunately for him, he got very stubborn and wound up getting knocked out in third, but he still picked up like $9,000. But I still, uh, you mentioned tens and jacks, and I couldn't help but reminisce about that story with George. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One of the interesting stories from uh, that tournament was uh, uh, the fella that uh, was down to pretty much nothing. Uh, I guess he was under one big blind. His name is uh, Eliezer Gonzalez. And he is a uh, uh, a 14-year veteran of the Coast Guard, so you got to figure that uh, okay. he probably was not getting some <laughs> checks maybe the last month or so, last 35 <laughs> days or whatever. But he had w- less than one big blind, and they were still s- several spots from the bubble. 
and uh, he got he got caught fire. It says he his king's held up in a five way pot. Oh, and uh, then he he took off from there. So uh, he says ah, I got extremely lucky, but you know he hang on he hangs on and wins the two hundred fifty dollar buy an event and wins eleven thousand three hundred plus the circuit ring. That is that is so nice, especially when you when you tell everybody that you were down to less than one big blind. Because even winning that one less big blind five-handed, that means you, you, you're probably going all in on your next hand anyway, your next decent hand. Right, exactly. But uh, that was that was event number three, the two, 250 buy-in. And then they also uh, awarded a winner in the uh, event number two, which was uh, the one with a few extra opening sessions. Uh, that was the uh, $400 buy-in but it had four opening sessions, uh, two on Friday and two on Saturday, and then they finished up last night. So uh, that one was pretty interesting. Uh, I can give you the winner of that one in, in just a minute, but uh, they have continued on now, and they're playing events four, five, and six and uh, and moving on from there. So Yeah, it's so strange. To, it's still strange to me. And What's this, their second year or third year? This, this is their holiday? second year, but they had two last year. They had right, because they had the September, September October one, correct. and then they're, they started it with February last year. Uh, it's just so strange, though, that it, we're not talking about West Palm Beach uh, holding this, which held it for many years right. uh, when it got down here. But uh, David DiBernardi won that event number two. And I uh, don't know much about him or even the players he played. Uh, the two others that finished late were Jason Eskridge and Justin Sharp. So uh, good fields, you know, players like Lonnie Harwood is there and and several other players. Uh, Ido Ashkenazi, who has been had some good success lately. So you got a, got a lot of good local players, but you got a lot of people traveling in that maybe not be are not that well known. Yeah, well, you know, these are people that are trying to turn this into a pokercation, as we say, poker vacation there, and uh, probably decent players wherever they're from in the United States. And um, listen, that's what these tournaments are for, Big Dave. I, yeah, I, absolutely. You know, it'd be real nice. Um, you know, we have our our local legend here with Maurice, who's who's uh, holds so many uh, rings. Well, I got. He, I'm going to mention him later because he uh, is second in in all time uh, rings, circuit rings. And at, at one the, point, at the he was tied. He, he was, was tied, tied for, lead. for yes, the was. lead. And uh, you know, he is a a unique and a character at the poker tables <laughs> from from uh, you know from his history with everybody. But uh, there's no denying. Yeah, I'm not it's sure he's able to pay, play at the Hard Rock. To be honest with you, really, they yeah. may not allow him anymore. <laughs> well, that's he may be under a ban. But then. regardless, he he is an excellent poker player. You know, uh, his antics aside. Yeah, no question. Um, anyway, we'll give you some more information on some of those, but we're keeping an eye on some of that and uh, heading back over later in the week will be uh, several good events. Uh, uh, there is a seniors event late in the week, as I mentioned last week. And uh, the main event is uh, on Friday and Saturday, the February 15th and 16th. That is a $1,700 buy-in with a million guarantee. That's outstanding. And Pablo is still in charge over there, correct? Yeah, I didn't see him, but uh, they have a lot of the crew from the, from the WSOP in town to, to run these events. Charlie and and uh, Luis Rodriguez. I don't know if you know Luis. Yes, uh, I do. And also uh, a few of the other guys that, that are work for the WSOP during the summer and then travel around to some of the circuit events as well. 
Well, that's that's a, a great staff that they got there, and uh, you know, I'm hoping that my friend Mark Charlie in Aruba uh, has the same success come November when they do a circuit event down there. Yeah. Uh, just for your uh, personal information, Sunday is the seniors' event, 250 buy-in. <laughs> if you have any interest, starts at 10 a.m. and that's one of the last days of the event. They'll be finishing up the main uh, at the same time. But uh, uh, well done again, as usual. It's the little sister facility to the Hard Rockets in Hollywood, but they do things well there, and uh, it's a beautiful tournament room, a uh, big pavilion room that uh, have the cash games. Outside of that, right inside the uh, regular part of the casino. I don't know if you've been up there. Yeah, I have not been there, believe it or not, because it's a nice, it's almost a 50-mile ride from my house. Wow. But, um, you know, from when they used to have, uh, what was it, like a closet space? Yeah. Of, I mean, I, up on the second floor. Yeah. On the second floor, which you had to come up a small elevator to begin with. Correct. So when that, when, the, when that thing broke, it, had, it could take you half an hour to get out of, the, just out of that area. And... As I tell people, the only time I've ever become claustrophobic was they. I decided to play, and when they sent me to the table in the far corner against the wall, I, I literally started walking over there, and I said, there's no way I'm going to sit back there and feel <laughs> comfortable. I can't play poker like this. So, you know, and, and again, I... Speaking after you know, telling you that I haven't seen the rooms, everyone tells me what a beautiful job they've done yeah. with the poker room over yeah, there great. since then. It's great. It really is. Uh, event number four, by the way, just to let you know, is down to two players. They're playing head-to-head right now. Zach Molinix has uh, 2.1 million chips. He's playing David Berman. Not not the Dave Berman we know. Oh, okay. I was just about to say, is it Dave Berman no, that we know? No, it's a different one. This David Berman has 730,000 chips, uh, 19,700 uh, up top for the winner. Matthew Lambrick just got knocked out in third. So, uh, interesting tournament over there, and uh, we'll be back over this weekend to see a little bit more of it, but uh, uh, it's very well done over there. And uh, well, Listen, we, we've, we've been singing the praises of the Hard Rock properties for many years, how well they do things, uh, you know, so... Hearing that Coco is doing a wonderful job is, is not to a me, surprise. not a surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, later in the show, we'll talk a little bit about some of the uh, Wire Act uh, responses. Uh, a lot of us, we knew a lot of uh, um, response to that coming in. Uh, Sheldon Adelson uh, sticking his nose in and uh, his buddy Trump uh, kind of... Uh, overstepping the bounds as far as I'm concerned because they made a ruling and uh, legally I think uh, the previous ruling will stand up because of the state's rights but uh, they're trying to reinterpret the uh, Wire Act that was uh, a decision was made in 2011 that uh, brought us online poker in a few states so uh, we'll see what happens anyway we'll talk a little bit about that as well also we'll get into a little uh, strategy talk uh, interesting article on upswing poker by uh, Doug Polk and his guys and talking about uh, some tips on how to build bigger stacks. Excellent. So we'll get back to that. We'll take our first break on the show. When we come back, we'll hear from Nick Yunus, who uh, who bubbled that event number three. Uh, not the happiest time for him, but he was very kind to give me a few minutes to uh, kind of give us a flavor of the event. And he also talked a little bit about um, the Bahamas tournament as well that he played at. So we'll hear that when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. We'll be right back. This is Poker Action Line. 
This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. I'm Sarah, and this is my story. I'm Ellen, and this is my story. One night, I was at a bar. One night, I was at a bar. I was having fun with my friends. I was having fun with my friends. I had one too many drinks. I had one too many drinks. I got behind the wheel to go home. I got a cab to go home. All of a sudden, from out of nowhere, a squirrel ran across the road. And all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, a squirrel ran across the road. It happened so quickly, I barely had time to react. It happened so quickly, the cabbie barely had time to react. I swerved. The cab swerved. I can't believe it. I hit a guy. I cannot believe it. The cabbie just missed a guy. I wish I took a cab. Thank goodness I took a cab. You have the choice to save a life. Don't drive buzzed. It's a decision you'll never regret. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. Android and iPhone users, for the full version of WFO Radio, download the WFO Radio app. It's sports radio for racing fans. Thank you, I appreciate it. The ultimate ultimate racing racing show, including WFO Radio NHRA Nitro, WFO Radio Ignition, the WFO Radio NASCAR Tailgate Party, news, videos, push notifications, and more. I just hope I'm part of it. Go to the App Store or Android Market, search WFO Radio, and download it now. Now. now, Welcome back to the show. Before we get to our uh, interview with Nick Eunice, uh, just let you know uh, a couple of news items. Uh, the Stratosphere out in Las Vegas has actually uh, changed its name to The Strat. The Strat, huh? With all caps, S-T-R-A-T. Uh, the Strat Hotel, Casino, and Skypod. Uh, I haven't been up there um, my, at the top. Uh, you said you have. Yes, been I've been up there, and my and, and my oldest circles around goes around. My oldest circle. daughter did the uh, whatever it is that crazy stuff that they do outside the sky, the sky pod. Yeah, actually, two of my daughters have done that. The middle one didn't want to do it, but my oldest and my youngest one, where it looks like you're falling off the building on the side. My my, I thought my wife was going to have a heart attack watching <laughs> her daughters do that. Uh, the uh, the tower is uh, 1149 feet fall- tall. Uh, They've renamed the top three floors as the Sky Pod, including the Top of the World Restaurant, the Sky Lounge, and three, four rides, the Sky Jump, the Big Shot, Insanity, and Extreme. That sound familiar? Those four? Yeah, I don't remember which one it was because you weren't going to get me to go out there, to be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> but two of my three daughters have are brave enough, braver than their father to go out there and do those crazy that, things. That's basically on the opposite end of the strip from uh, Mandalay and some of those, right? Yes, it is. Okay. But you want to do? But you do want to know something? It's very close to uh, Pawn Kings or what is it? Pawn Pawn, uh, Pawn uh, Stars. Pawn Stars. And you could see it's like a block and a half away from there. Also, want to mention the uh, the schedule is out now for the World Series of Poker Europe, which will be back at the Kings Resort in Rosvedov, the Czech Republic, and they'll have twelve bracelets up for grabs there, including the ten thousand euro buy-in main event, which is slated to run October twenty-fifth through the thirtieth. 
the series starts on October the 15th and runs through November 4th uh, with Leon Sukernik uh, hopefully laying off the sauce and uh, <laughs> hosting that baby. <laughs> Uh, it's a it's a growing event. It just uh, one of the notes I saw said that they uh, drew s- over six thousand entries last year in their ten bracelet event schedule, and total prize pools up to twenty almost twenty one million euros. So um, should be a good event. We haven't even got to the regular World Series of Poker, but uh, already planning way ahead as usual. Yep. Uh, let's hear our interview with Nick Eunice. Uh, Nick, uh, as I mentioned, bubbled out of that uh, event number three. But I had recognized him from the charity events, and uh, uh, as we got into a conversation, he told me a little bit about the Bahamas and a few other things he's been doing here in South Florida. Here's Nick Yunus. I'm with Nick Yunus, who uh, unfortunately just bubbled one of the ring events here at the World Series of Poker Circuit on a tough cooler. He had pocket tens, and the other guy had pocket jacks. So, uh, unfortunate. I know I, people don't like to talk about the hands they get knocked out on. But um, as I just mentioned to you, I was, became aware of you when I saw you win a charity tournament. You told me you came back the next year, finished second in the same tournament. Yeah. And then the year after, finished third. Yeah. So, uh, it's supposed to go the other way around, yeah. you know, move up the ladder. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that's a, an honorable thing that you always want to contribute back to people. Tell me about your thoughts of playing in some of those events. Oh, I think it's fantastic. I mean, I wish they ran more of them. Uh, you know, as a professional poker player, it's sometimes it feels like a very selfish career. So that's one way to compensate. Um, and not only that, but they're a great time because it's just a different energy in charity events. People yeah. are there to have fun, which is what poker is supposed to be about. And some yeah. of those big tournaments connected with the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, exactly. and that's sort of thing you get big name, fun people, and getting to meet athletes and, and actors. So. Um, you know, Cherry, that's just a small part of, right. your, obviously, your life. Yes. You're just coming off a big, slick win over at the Hard Rock uh, just a few days ago, I guess, for yeah. an $1,100 tournament. And now you come here, and, and obviously, have, have you um, had success at the poker, uh, World Series Poker Circuit before? Um, to be honest, I haven't played a lot of circuit events. Um, I spent uh, most of the previous years playing, uh, you know, like EPTs and WPTs and LAPTs, um, but I just started playing these, and uh, they're great events. I mean, uh, well, the first event here, I got second place, so that's as close as I've been to a ring. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a battle, heads up, but unfortunately, at the end, my opponent just won three all-ins, and he won the ring. But I, I, it made me one one really badly. So yeah. Since you've played in all these big tournaments, yeah. uh, the circuit is maybe kind of like a minor league a little bit. I don't know yeah. if you want to refer to it that way, but you notice a difference in the quality of play from some of the other events you play in? Um, I would say so, but it, it more I don't think it's more correlated to the actual uh, league, per se. I think it's more the location of the events and just the buy-in amount. You know, when you get the bigger buy-ins, the fields tend to be tougher. And I feel like uh, the fields are tougher in Europe, for sure, just because they've had an advantage of having, uh, you know, more access to online poker. So it's just more training for a long time. Um, but other than that, no, I think it's, it's all similar across the board, you know, in Latin America, in the, in the U.S. I mean, it's, it's pretty much depending on the buying amount, I would say. Where do you live? You live down here in South Florida? I did just move back to Miami. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in Miami. I left Miami for many years, and I just moved back. So, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, you've been in the poker world, and now yeah. South Florida is yeah. 
one of the best places to play, Absolutely. no question. Tell yeah. me a little about that. Oh, I love South Florida for poker. I mean, I don't know if there's anything better right now. If there's just one series after the other. The cash games here are great. I mean, just money flying around everywhere. <laughs> I love South Florida. It's one of the best poker. I have friends from Sweden that fly here for the wow. tournaments, you know, wow. and they're like, you have a chance to live there? You know, they think I'm crazy that I don't live here. So I moved back here and I have... Do not regret it one bit. And the weather's been great, and <laughs> fortunately for up north, they've been having you know, minus yeah. 30 windshields and stuff like that. Yeah. So you can rub it in people's face when they come to visit. Absolutely, yeah. Especially now, it's like the best month of the year here. Last thing, just talk to talk about Coconut Creek. Obviously, you play a lot at the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood. Uh, really a nice situation for them to draw the circuit here yeah. twice a year yeah. and really kind of put themselves on the map. I'm sure Tampa's going to be soon uh, having a lot of huge tournaments. So uh, just this company, the Seminoles uh, with the Hard Rock, have really kind of changed things in the state of Florida over the last few years. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, the, the Seminole Hard Rock was, because I lived in Miami as a kid, it was one of the first places I played poker in. And just to see it evolve over the years to what it is right now, I mean, it's one of the biggest poker destinations in the world. I mean, I was recently at the PCA in Bahamas, and I, I, you know, when I filled their questionnaire, I was like, move this to the Hard Rock, you know, like, move it to Miami. You'll get, like, twice the turnout, you know. But, uh, yeah, the, the events are, are absolutely fantastically ran. You know, Tony does a great job. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's, it, it feels like it gets bigger and bigger, and, uh, and uh, the schedule is just fitting for all levels. It's, it's just great. Last question: Since you played the Bahamas, did you play in the Poker uh, Players Championship? Did. did you with a platinum pass or no? I did not have a platinum pass. Okay. I just uh, went out there and uh, you know contacted a few people and got in there, and uh, I, I did not have any luck there this year, but uh, it was a, a pretty awesome event. Well, what was the atmosphere event. like there? I'm really curious because I know Carlo Rodriguez that won a platinum okay. pass. Uh, maybe about uh, last August they had a drawing that he won in mm -hmm. and one of the fellas I know posted on Twitter that you know he went there with a thousand bucks he came back with 36,000 okay. because he had a nice uh, $35,000 cash so, nice. so those are guys that normally wouldn't play in this type of tournament it was, what was the atmosphere like as far as all mi a mix of players you know a lot of young uh, amateur players yeah I mean it was I think it was a decently tough event um Maybe I did not have the best table draws. You know, I didn't really have any platinum pass winners. I had one NFL player at my first table, and uh, you know, day two it was like a bunch of familiar faces. I actually busted to a friend of mine. <laughs> so, so for me personally, it was kind of a tough tournament. But uh, you know, there were 330 seats given away, so um, it was definitely a great tournament for anybody. I think it's. I would love it if they ran it again. It was just, it was a little bit like uh, like being at the main event in yeah, Vegas. You know, you knew it was it was it was a very special event that was happening once a year, and hopefully, we'll run again. And that was my last question. I promise. What is no your problem. plans for the summer in Vegas? You know, every year I'm like, oh, maybe I'll 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 go for less time this summer, and I always just end up there for the pool. Two Seven months, weeks. yeah. <laughs> so I'm already looking at places to stay, and well, or maybe do I want to stay with a friend? Do I want to rent a car? Do I want to drive? So yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there the whole the whole way, and uh, hopefully win that bracelet, which has been a dream of mine for now over a decade. So. <laughs> Well, great performances yeah. lately. Congratulations. Thank you very uh, much. Sorry about the uh, knockout here on oh, the tough beat. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Many more to okay. Go. Talk to you. Thank you.
That is Nick Eunice, and uh, appreciate his time yesterday. Uh, several other players I was hoping to talk to, Michael Newman, and uh, of course Michael Tate uh, said he would come into the studio one time uh, here down the road, so we'll get some people in here. By the way, we got a guest next week uh, from the Casino uh, Massage Services. Right, CMS. Uh, the people who run it uh, are coming into the studio, and uh, we may have one of the uh, former uh, massage, uh, well, well, I'm, massage artist. I'm, I'm actually hoping that Paola will join them. She's like their manager for uh, Felix and Jason, who are the owners of, of the CMS. And um, super great guys. I mean, they're a lot of fun. Poker players. Uh, this is a show next week you guys are going to really want to listen to uh, for our listeners out there. Uh, these guys are very entertaining They'll tell you. I asked Dave. I said, "Ask them how they got started." And uh, they're poker players in their own right. So, uh, real nice guys. It should make for a very entertaining show. Should be fun. Uh, You know, you you see the girls uh, in the rooms in the big tournaments, and and uh, you know, just kind of wonder. You got a lot of questions about you know things that they have to go through. Uh, what's involved? How much is a massage? I don't even know. I don't think well, I've ever had one. In the well, room. Uh, the last time I checked in the casino, it's two dollars a minute. Okay, it's two dollars a minute, and I could tell you this: the young ladies, I, I got to know Paola because she was a masseuse in our room when, when we first, uh, you know, when Felix and Jason approached me back in 2012 when we were going to open it up with the slot machines and everything else, and she's such a wonderful wonderful girl that she became their manager and as life would have it you know her significant other right now is a guy that worked for uh <laughs> worked with me down in Aruba for the PPC people and um you know she's a sweetheart Felix great guy so is Jason and the ladies that are, they've had working for them Dave let me yeah. tell you They've been outstanding because not only here at Miami Highlight, but when I was working at Dania, they also had, uh, you know, they had the contract with the Dania people to supply the young ladies over there. And, you know, all I could tell you is I never once had a complaint about any of the young ladies from any of the customers. And they were such professionals that, you know, I really... You know, luckily for me, I, I run a tight room when when it comes to people mistreating dealers and masseuses. And you know, if, if you're in my if you're in my poker room working for me, I'm going to have you back for sure. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know. Well, I wanted to explore a couple of the aspects of the industry that we haven't in a while. And uh, obviously, people love hearing from players and love hearing from poker managers and that sort of thing. But there's so many other businesses that surround the poker room that uh, people really don't know very little about. Uh, I talked with uh, Donnie Peters, uh, who obviously uh, was with Poker News for a long time and uh, also Poker Go, and and uh, one of the great uh, writers and uh, people in the business. But he, uh, he reached out to me to uh, introduce me to uh, the CEO of Faded Spade, which is one of the new card companies. I don't know what kind of cards you're going to have when you have... Uh, when you get back into business, but uh, uh, Fade of Spade is really coming on big. Uh, they're at uh, they're really a company out of Orlando, Florida, and uh, they've been on the Heartland Poker Tour, uh, Run It Up, Charity Series of Poker, a bunch of uh, events, and uh, they're becoming really well known because there has been some problems with cards in the industry. Uh, we know at the World Series of Poker there were some problems. Uh, with some cards a couple of years ago. But anyway, Tom Wheaton, who is the CEO, we're going to have him on in a couple of weeks as well. So uh, just a few of the things we're lining up. People don't realize how many people actually make a living from poker. 
And we're not talking about poker players or the dealers or the casino itself. You know, the the supply companies that you know supply the tables, the chairs, the the poker trays that you know for people to put their drinks and food on. You know, it it takes the whole casino. That's why I used to tell everybody. I go, you know, people would tell me, oh, that the janitorial crew, Big Dave, and I, I remember, you know always dressed up very nicely, and I was always treated with such great respect. But every time I'd see one of the janitorial clues struggling with a garbage bag because they were by themselves, uh, somebody else wasn't with them, and I'd run up and I'd go, hey, relax, I'll hold the garbage bag. And they're like, um, you know, we had a lot of uh, the Haitians handling the janitorial crew at Miami Highlight. And with their Creole, their English was just like the Spanish. is a little tough. And they're like, oh, no, you're the boss. I go, no, 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 no. We all work together. We all work together. I go, because if this, if this casino isn't clean, nobody's going to come into a pigsty to come and gamble. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I always try to preach that to everybody there that, you know, I, I didn't want anyone thinking that they were better than anybody else or worse than anybody else because of the job that they did there. In a casino, everybody has to work together to make it all work, I'm telling you, and this starts from the valet people outside to, like I said, to the to the janitorial crew, to the people selling tickets, uh, cashing tickets. It, 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 you've been, you know, the industry, Dave. You yeah. know how it involves everything. The, the, the casino business is no different than the paramutual business that you were you've been involved in for 30, 40 years yourself. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So. Well, I was thinking about some other guests, uh, obviously big-name players. I'm going to shoot my, my, my stakes a little bit higher, uh, try to get in hold of Daniel Negreanu, get him on the show. Uh, he's kind of a, in a little controversial situation right now. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but uh, people are in an uproar about one of his blogs where he... Uh, kind of mentioned people that he didn't think were good for the game, and some people took it personally. Anyway, we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, let's take a break here, though, on the show. When we come back, we'll... That's a uh, nice tease to leave him on yeah. there, Big Dave. You're yeah. leaving me with a little tease. I'm, 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 I'm salivating here a little bit. <laughs> and we'll also get to that article, The Quick Tips to Help Build Bigger Stacks at the Table, from uh, Doug Polk and his guys from Upswing Poker. We'll come b- get to all that when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line. We'll return after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, The prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. 
The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. This is the sound of salmonella gyrating on your undercooked chicken. And it looks like Mom might be taking it out a little early. Don't let salmonella get funky with your chicken. On average, one in six Americans will get a foodborne illness this year. So use a thermometer to cook each type of meat to the right temperature. Keep your family safe at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Okay, I got uh, Joe all wound up now. So oh, I, absolutely. I, I, we kind of uh, hit and miss. Being some that of these I topics. love Daniel, I love the way oh, he is. Oh, me too. I'm a I, huge Medegrano fan. I, I wanted to interview him for a long time. He's very uh, happy to do interviews and, uh, you know, obviously uh, could talk for hours. Uh, uh, Some people, f- he rubs the wrong I, way, though. I love the way he plays because he's, he'll he'll tell you the truth how he feels. And, you know, I was able to witness uh, him treating a bunch of people that, uh, uh, when he won the Borgata many years ago, uh, happened to be having dinner in the same restaurant. And waiter came over. He goes, wow, what a great guy. This guy just picked up the check for a couple of people. I'm sure they were friends or acquaintances of his in the poker community. But... Still, you know, to see somebody like that and, and get praised like that, and I love his style of play. So, Well, here's what he had to say on his – he has a blog called Full Contact Poker, and he said, the worst kind of player has the following traits. Winner, slow, quiet, also miserable, a nit, uh, very cheap and selfish, he calls it, and a hater, a complainer, or a very negative person. He says, uh, if you match these you? categories, <laughs> then you're probably a real treat to have at parties. Two out of five is still bad. <laughs> and did he say anything there that you disagree with, Dave? No. I, I you know, really. think about it. Like I'm, I'm telling people, you know why people are upset? Because people all of a sudden see themselves in that category. Well, a lot of people say that he's out of touch. One uh, DK Lappin posted... Uh, that uh, he said, uh, I guess my biggest objection to his tweets is that they come from a position of privilege and a holier-than-thou patronizing tone. He said he doesn't play $20 games in his local casino. He doesn't play 1-2 cash games. He doesn't play the $500 or the $1,000 circuit. Yet he claims to know what's best for everyone and thinks he has a right to tell other people how to act. Now, who said that? That was a fellow named D.K. Lappin. Okay, so let me ask DK something, okay, as a player. Um, do you like this trait? And, and Do you like any of those traits that he mentioned there? Well, winners, now, winners nice. You know, yeah, yeah, well, no, winners is nice. But what I'm saying <laughs> is I think what he's talking about is that people win with grace, you know, that, that uh, you don't have these nits, the, these people who want to take, you know, two minutes on every single betting round. You know, the things that aggravate, 98% of the poker community, you know, and the people who are upset, uh, you know, would be absolutely no surprise to me that they are in that 2% uh, category, you yeah. know. Uh, 
poker has to be a game. We've talked about it many times, Dave. Poker has to be a game of you want to try to have some fun. And obviously, stakes are so high in certain games nowadays that it has to be handled quite differently. But why would it be much different to play in some of those one-two games, you know, $1,000 buy-ins, you know, lower levels that Daniel Negrano is no longer, you know, he's in the, the, the nosebleed sections of playing these tournaments and, you know, reloads a bunch of times. But I don't I don't want to play with people like that at my table, and, I, and I'm nowhere near those dollar amounts that, that Daniel's playing. He did back off on it a little bit afterwards when he took some of the criticism. He did say, uh, you know, he, he said, I was just trying to offer uh, – the opposite of this, that people have should have some positive attra- uh, traits that make them an attractive player. And he says, uh, I try my best to practice what I preach. Uh, part of that entails admitting when you're wrong and apologizing. So uh, one of the responses was interesting to me was uh, Todd would tell us from Poker Fraud Alert, said uh, poker is an individual game. The pro grinder has no duty to make the game fun for people. In fact, many grinders lack the personality type to make the game fun. It would just come off as awkward or annoying if they tr- actually tried to do that. Others just find it to be a burden. Uh, he said what duties he feels a player owes when they sit at the table is be courteous and honest, don't impede gameplay, and take extra care not to anger the fish. <laughs> yeah, and I listen, I, that's, it, is a, it is something that I agree with, with what he just said there, but... You know, you can put those attributes that Daniel said that he, that people shouldn't have, and 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 you know, even if you are a grinder and don't have much of a personality, and you're there, I guess maybe take take this man's word, he this man's word of trying to not impede the action. It's just there's so many annoying things, and here in South Florida, you know, I, th- I think you have to throw in the machismo thing because that still doesn't seem to be out of the out of the realm of you right. know that people get fired up and and you know take things to a personal level like their manhood has been challenged and 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 they want to act it out on a poker felt and it's you know to me it's ridiculous and off-putting to most poker players and especially to the women that are playing at that table yeah well let's get to this other article uh, five quick tips to help you build bigger stacks uh Let's jump right in on that. Uh, tip number one is three bet more often. And this comes from Doug Polk, and uh, I don't know if he wrote it all himself or, or something as his instructors, but he says, he said, everybody knows you should three, three bet free flop uh, to build big pots if you have a premium hand, like uh, ace, king, king, or queens, or something like that. He said, if you only bet three bet with these hands, though, your opponents will soon catch on and start folding every time you three bet. So in order to get paid off, you also need to 3-bet an appropriate amount of bluffs. 3-bet bluffing allows you to balance your pre-flop strategy, disguise your hand strength, and make you a lot tougher to play against. Uh, he says the specific hands with which you should 3-bet bluff depend on your position, the position of the initial raiser, the raise size, and the stack sizes. But he said, generally speaking, some of the best hands to 3-bet bluff with include low-suited aces, um, he says these have uh, great playability and blocker effects. Suited connectors, uh, suited gappers, similar to suited connectors, hands like 7-5 suited or 8-6 work well as 3-bets because of their playability. Uh, he said if you play low stakes, 3-bet bluffing is very powerful because many of your opponents won't be accustomed to playing versus 3-bets. Uh, he said this will lead to mistakes on their part, and you will be the benefactor of those mistakes. 
What do you think? I agree. I I love. I mean, when I first started to do this, this is not a new concept. You know, um, to say I was. I guess I wasn't it the style I play. At first, you know, when you're learning the game, you're 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 <laughs> you you play like a nitwit. <laughs> Forget about a nit, uh, you know. And then when you start learning the game, you try to play. And as he mentioned at the beginning of that, as you were reading it, you know, if you, all you're raising is with aces, ace king, kings, you know, people catch on real quick. Right. And you know, unless they have a super premium hand to play back at you. You're not going to get any action on those. And that's exactly what was happening with myself and many people. And as I was learning, I needed to try to change up. And it has to be in your style now. The ones that I have found that I've had more success with are suited connectors. You know, if I'm going to three-bet bluff, sort of like the, 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 you're, 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 you're acting like you've got a premium hand, but you really don't, my favorite hands to do that with are a 6-7 suited, 7-8, uh, 5-6 love to sue because the flop comes low and if your opponents are checking and you've paired up one of your two cars you know you don't know you can get them to either chase you and then you're you're still holding the best hand or you get them to let that hand go because they're thinking oh my god he must have aces or kings because he why else would he bet this garbage flop and on those rare occasions where the flop just, you know, you know, <laughs> you, you've, you've, the poker gods have said, all right, you know, you raise with a six seven and the flop comes four five eight, rainbow, you know, yeah. and you're hoping that one of your opponents maybe played played one of the, you know one of those cards there and thinks that you're you're raising with an ace king, you get tremendous action, but you could play off of a obviously a, a bigger a bigger flop representing that you have those aces or kings. And when you do get one of those beautiful flops like that, you get paid off a lot. And you have to keep them guessing, Dave. The, right. the game of poker, I think what he's trying to tell you there is the game of poker, is, as I found out and as anybody who starts getting a little bit better, is you know your opponents cannot get a consistent read on you. Right. That's how you can bring your well, stack up. We've talked about in the past how really there's no reason to uh, to ever really show your cards if you don't have to. Uh in a situation like this once in a while, I would think that occasionally you might want to show a hand that you're playing just to, to let people know that uh, occasionally you're going to play something that's not quite as premium. Well, yes, you want to do that if, if, if on every single raise people have folded. Maybe you've, you've raised seven or eight times, no one's given you action, and you finally said to yourself, I'm going to raise with any two cards that i got, any two garbage cards, for, for, let alone... Uh, suited connectors. You're going to turn over a, a, a deuce six, a deuce seven, and you're going to say, hey guys, look, I don't always raise with aces or kings. And, and that's obviously to, a, to initiate action coming back. Myself, I haven't done that too often for that because I like to keep them thinking that I've got the best hand. But where I do, you know, where I do love to show my hands every now and then, and it's very, not very often, is if I got somebody who thinks they got a read on me and they just seem to want to push me around, and when I finally get a chance to push them back, you know, and and I don't get there, and they fold it because they think they've made a great read, and it's a big pot. I say, here you go. And I don't even say anything. I just turn it over. I'm not rubbing I'm By turning them over is how I'm rubbing it into them. And they hit, I mean, almost... Almost on cue, they hit the fan. You know, right. they 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 are pissed off, and Tilt. then 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 comes the the usual threats. 
I'm raising every time you make a bet, every time you make a call, I'm raising you. Every time you do this, I'm going to call your ass down. I'm going to do this. And, and, that's, and, and now you've got them on such tilt. So now right. if you know how to play your hand properly, you're going you're gonna to stack them. Let's move on. Here's tip number two. Don't bloat the pot with medium-strength hands. He said uh, those types of hands should be played passively after the flop. If you play a hand like a middle pair too aggressively, you risk forcing your opponent to fold every hand that you actually beat. These types of hands tend to play better as bluff catchers, as they protect the weaker hands in your range, like ace-high or weak pairs. This is very helpful because your opponents will not be able to easily bluff you when you check. Yeah, I mean, you know, this, that's a, a certain style of play, and you have to be comfortable making those type of moves that you're letting them kind of come in and come in and come in and, and, in, and inviting them in so that you could take some more chips from them. But you, you, I do think you, you do run the risk of them catching you on the river a little more times than you want. Uh, tip number three, don't change your bankroll management or study habits when you're winning. Uh, he said every poker player is someone who knows somebody who has won big money in a tournament only to spend or lose their winnings. In an avoidable way. It's important to remember that poker is a game of peaks and troughs. To uh, survive the troughs, you need to act responsibly during the peaks. So he said you should be proud of your success. Uh, doesn't say you shouldn't celebrate, but savor the results you work hard to achieve. And remember that going on a heater doesn't mean you've suddenly become a poker god. Unfortunately, downswings are inevitable. And, yeah, and this used to be addressed as uh, the leaks that poker players had. Right. And the leaks were gambling, you know, partying, you know, the, 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 those are the things that they looked at it as. Uh, sometimes even increasing, like he, like he mentioned there, you think all of a sudden you go on a heater, you think you're God's gift to poker, and you decide to, you know, jump up even in a much higher scale. Maybe you've won your money in a tournament, now all of a sudden you lose all of it back playing in uh, nosebleed uh, cash games, which, you know, is a different it's a different animal altogether and you know he's just warning you watch out how you spend that money and and you know what this is this is stuff that I've been reading about I don't know about you Dave but I've been reading about you know this you know stopping up these leaks as I call them as they used to call them back then 25 30 years ago when you know when I started really getting super serious into poker 35 almost actually almost 40 years ago so Let's move on. Uh, tip four, lean towards fast playing your strong hands. He said, uh, you know, it's a sad sight when a player checks their flopped flush three times and then has to awkwardly table the monster when their opponent checks back on the river. He said, slow playing is a, a common mistake among players who are afraid of chasing their opponents out of the pot. He said, in most cases, it's best to fast play your strong hands so you can build the pot and protect your equity. Equity. Uh, it's not to say you should always better raise your strong hands. You can slow play your strong hands if it's unlikely you will be outdrawn, if there aren't many scare cards that will prevent you from getting paid on later streets, or your opponent's range is heavily weighted toward weak hands. However, if you feel uncertain, just bet. He said, sure, it's disappointing when the, your opponent folds, but that's not nearly as disappointing as getting outdrawn or missing out on potential value. And the one thing that he should, uh, that I would have mentioned saying what he just said there was, if they all fold, you don't have to table your hand. Yeah. Now you left a little bit of doubt that this guy just push, you know, uh, you know, uh, bully us out of the pot. Right. And eventually you'll get paid on this. Um, I do prefer to to fast play strong hands, 
But, again, with a caveat of saying it all depends on what type of players I have at my table. You know, and, and as a poker player, that, that to me comes first before anything else. If I know that I've got players on that table that are going to bet this hand for me and are going to get out of it because they know that they're used to seeing me bet my strong hands, you know, once again, uh, poker is a game of deception and you have to deceive your opponents into thinking, obviously, you know, uh, that you have bad hands when you have good ones and good ones when you have bad ones. And that only comes in my, you know, through, through betting. Like right. he said, I've had to check down. Because at that point, you're committed to it, and it is embarrassing. And people look at you, and then they're going, oh, so you're waiting for someone else to, 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 to make your bet for you. They're like, hey, you got to bet your own hands, right. was the term I used to always hear people say. <laughs> Tip number five is think of the early stages of a tournament like a cash game. He says that many players overrate the importance of survival early in tournaments. This is one of the most misunderstood aspects of tournament poker strategy. Consider that in order to finish the money, you're going to have to at least double or tri- triple your starting stack. So instead of playing defensively, you should play solid and aggressive poker early to build a stack and set yourself up for a deep run. And and that is something that I had read from somebody else a while back, and, and it's true. You know, when I first started getting into tournaments, and you get a little bit deeper into it, and then you start going, damn, I really don't want to get knocked out now that I've been playing for two hours. And I realized that I was just killing myself slowly. You know, because I wasn't advantage, and early in these tournaments, the blinds and everything are small enough that if you could, if you could see more pots early on, is where you have more of a chance right. to double up and triple up. And like you said, you have to at least double up to, to get into the money. Yeah. So uh, that to me is great advice for poker players, especially if you've got rebuys and you are going to fire another bullet. You might as well become aggressive. Especially with that first bullet, maybe you won't have to. Maybe you'll develop a, a massive chip stack. Let's take our last break on the show. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll finish off with a couple of little stories uh, along the lines of it's a family affair. A couple of things we'll talk about. Big tournaments uh, recently, and uh, we'll get to that when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line, which you can always find on SoundCloud, one of the best places for the show uh, to pick that up and to uh, pass it on to people. Also, our website is PokerActionLine.com. You can go to the yellow box on the front page and go to any of the archive shows. Of course, it's always on the Hold'em Radio Network, the Poker Fuse podcast page. Uh, anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, many of the others, uh, great places to pick up the program and be with us every week here on Poker Action Line. We'll finish up the show when we come back. Big Dave and Joe from South Florida will be returning after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, 
The prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. Final segment of the program, uh, Big Easy Poker Room back in action and uh, just tell you about a new tournament that they start on Sunday. Uh, they were going to continue it every Sunday if it worked out well. I don't know how it turned out. I had planned on playing, but I did not make it over there. Uh, it's a, a shootout, a Texas Hold'em shootout, free roll, uh, $2,000 guaranteed to first place, 5000 uh guaranteed prize pool. It also has a $300 high-hand jackpot. Tickets available starting at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. And uh, they take the first 100 players and then get the alternates in afterwards. You need to win your table to advance at the tournament. Obviously, that's what the shootout is. You get 500 uh, free chips uh, to start out. But most people, and this is how they make the money to pay for these things, is they have a $50 uh, add-on for 8000 right up front. Yeah. So when everyone is buying the $50 add-on for 8000 you don't want to be playing with 500 chips to start off. Yeah, Although there's people who do that. It's the wink, wink, this is a free roll <laughs> for everybody. But uh, for those of you that want to spend a lot more money, uh, you're going to have a lot more of an advantage. But I do like the fact that all you have to do is beat out your table. I actually won a, a shootout. Well, that like gets that. you to the next round, obviously. And well, uh, the next round, usually you're in the money. Yeah. Because... Yeah, I, I won a shootout. I won a thousand dollar shootout. Yeah. First place was a thousand at the Seminole Classic, and um, and I got very lucky because with ten hands left, all I had was enough to rebuy with a hundred a hundred dollar chip. Went all in blind, one one one, and then with three hands to go, no one could catch me, uh, you know. And I got very lucky. And one guy's going. Oh, but you're taking all the chips from this table to that table. You should try to take my chips. I go, don't worry. I'll try to take their chips over there. Because once I get over there, I was guaranteed already like $400. So, you know, it's $100 that it cost me to play in that tournament. And first place was $1,000. And it was 10 tables, 10 players on the final table that all were guaranteed money. Right. Uh, so every, they have a tournament every night at 7. Uh, shootouts on Tuesday, Fridays, and Sundays. Regular Hold'em tournaments on Monday and Wednesday and Saturday. And then they have a special $5,000 guaranteed prize pool uh, on Thursday night. So uh, doing well with those tournaments. They're, uh, they're, they're back fully from uh, Hurricane Irma that uh, really put them out of business for about four months. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they've been doing those uh, free roll style tournaments for a long time yeah. and doing them quite well. Yeah, he has. Um, Let's finish things up with uh, two quick stories. Uh, I, I teased it by saying it's a family affair. And uh, two separate tournaments. One of them was at uh, Potawatomi, 
which is in outside of Milwaukee. That's where the circuit event is. And both a father and son, uh, Brett Reichard and his son Josh, both won circuit rings in the same series. Which oh, is pretty interesting. that's really I think nice. It's a great story. Um, Josh is uh, one of the top players. I was mentioned, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Maurice Hawkins earlier. He's tied more with Maurice now uh, for second most rings on the all-time leaderboard. Uh, I guess they both have 10, and with 11 is Valentin Vornicu. But uh, he's from Wisconsin, and uh, the son won his 10th ring. The father won his first ring. So uh, That's nice. interesting story in the same tournament as well. Uh, also... At uh, Borgata, the Bor- Borgata tournament, uh, they had the CS, uh, the Charity Series of Poker event, uh, which is uh, Matt Stout's group there, and they had the tournament there. And uh, a young woman won the uh, the charity event. Her name was uh, Kudis Gagliardi. She won that uh, event, topped 126 entry field to win the $220 buy-in Charity Series of Poker tournament, and uh, picked up a uh, World world Poker Tour seed in the Borgata Winter Poker Open, as well as uh, some cash as well for that. Uh, then l- right across the room was the ladies' event, and her sister ended up winning that one. Wow. Her, sis- her sister um, was on top of that one. Uh, pretty interesting. Her, her name is uh, Alida Velu. And she was in the 120 ladies deep stack event that drew 154 players. They, there was a four-way chop at the end. But at the same time, they're both winning these tournaments. So That's, I thought that, that was kind is, of a good really story. That is really nice, man. That is really nice. Anyway, um, y- as families get into it, uh, you know, you, you teach each other a little bit about poker. I know that uh, your brother plays as well. And uh, you've had some things uh, in your family that uh, uh, have worked out well as far as uh, – Learning from them. Exactly. And it's funny because sometimes the teacher becomes a student. You know, the student surpasses the teacher. And that's what my brother actually did with me. After so many years of me playing, he got involved during the, you know, online era. And you pick up so much more, you know, because the games are quicker. You can multi-table like you didn't do before. So, you know. What took me twenty plus years of uh, of playing, you know, to to earn the, to to learn and and get that experience, he was able to do that in a much you know couple of years. And you know, I'm, even though it hurts to say, I'm very proud to say that my brother, you know, surpassed me as a as a poker player in his thought process and everything else. Right, and right. you know, that's available to everybody with with all the all the tools that are out there, all the forums, all the books, everything. You know, people sharing their knowledge. thats it, It's something that can be easy and happen to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to do it for our show tonight. Uh, appreciate you being with us here. Uh, next week, we'll have results from the main event at the World Series of Poker. We'll have our guests next week, special guests from the uh, uh, Casino Massage Casino Services. Massage Services, CMS, uh, talk about uh, uh, massages out on the casino floor. So we'll finish that up uh uh, with the uh, circuit event being played here, also the Potawatomi main event going on right now. We'll have those results as well. Thanks for being with us tonight. We'll catch you next week on another edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.